Good to see you this morning. My name's Al, if you don't know me, I'm one of the leaders here at King's. And we're continuing our series, our God With Us series, at the beginning of the new year. And um, particularly thinking about God with us in health, in, in health problems particularly. This morning we thought about worry last week. If you didn't hear that one, you can listen to that online. It's a great talk, a really helpful start to the series. This whole series is about how God, we believe as Christians, God can be with us if we put our trust in Jesus uh, through all the sort of daily challenges that we face in life. And um, I think it's fair to say that health is a, a, general, a general concern for most people. Um, at the last two general elections, research shows that after Brexit, healthcare was the thing that people said was the, the second most important issue for voters. People want good healthcare, don't they? You want good healthcare. You want good healthcare when you're ill or when you've actually got um, a problem going on. If you're well, you want to think that there's good health care waiting for you when you need it. Uh, but many of us are perhaps concerned about health here this morning. Uh, it might be you've got an ongoing physical or mental condition which is being managed. Uh, maybe you, you've had a health problem in the past. You're a bit concerned, is it going to come back or not? Maybe some injury that you've had and you know, is, is, is that going to continue to affect me? Maybe you're waiting for test results or wondering, should you have something checked out that's uh, a little bit unnerving? Uh, maybe you're, you're desperately trying to stay fit and healthy with, uh, with vitamins and, and, and eating well and exercising so you don't get ill. Uh, maybe you're concerned about what's happening to your body as you get older and your minds. Maybe people tell you oh, it's just part of, of getting older, but you think, no, I don't like it. I find it frustrating, these limitations on me as I get older. Or maybe for some of you, particularly health concerns for you about someone that you care for, uh, someone that you even look after um, who has health needs. Um, in the Bible, uh, a bit we're going to be looking at a bit later, it, it says, outwardly, we are wasting away. Outwardly, we're wasting away. It's not a good thought. We might wish it wasn't true. But it is a sad fact of life that we all experience health problems eventually. Eventually, that, that greatest health problem of death. Um, I'm not here to discourage you this morning. We want to think about how we can be confident that God can be with us and we can know that God is with us. Uh, from what God says in the Bible, um, uh, in health problems and every other area of life. Uh, this God with us thing... Um, comes from a name that was uh, used of Jesus. Uh, it's mentioned in the Christmas story. We thought about it over Christmas, but we continue to think about it now. Emmanuel. Jesus is Emmanuel, which means God with us. And whatever your health concerns or challenges might be this morning, you can know, if you put your trust in Jesus, that God is with you through Jesus and he's helping you. And uh, so I want to flag up a few different bits from the Bible this morning that just point us to that truth and just help us to know how, how can we be confident that God is with us? Maybe you don't feel like God is with you this morning. Well, first thing I want to say about, uh, about health is that Jesus cares. Jesus cares. If Jesus is God with us, uh, then we ought to be able to see... Um, 
what God thinks of uh, our health, how he treats ill people, by looking at the way that Jesus, God with us, treated people who were unwell, um, who had health needs. As we look in the Gospels, in the, in the Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, the Bible, the biographies of Jesus, if Jesus came in human flesh, what does it show us about what God thinks about people who have health problems? Well, one occasion we read this about two blind men. They were sitting by the roadside when they heard that Jesus was going by. They shouted, Son of David, have mercy on us. Jesus stopped and called them. What do you want um, me to do for you? He asked. Lord, they answered, we want our sight. Jesus had compassion on them. Jesus had compassion on people. It's something we read about time and again in the Bible. He cared about people who were blind. He cared about people with skin conditions. He cared about people with long-term illnesses. He cared about people with all kinds of problems. He showed compassion. He showed sympathy. He was at times um, outraged, um, indignant at the effects of sickness that they were having in people's lives. And if you're suffering this morning, if you're suffering with your health, I need you to know that Jesus cares. God cares for you. We see that in Jesus. We see that from the life of Jesus on earth. You can know that Jesus cares. And if we're Christians, we ought to care. We ought to care. If we want to be like Jesus, we ought to care about people's suffering too. How is it that someone experiences Jesus caring for them in their needs? It does come from believing and trusting in God's word and his promises, but it also comes from God's family in the church. And this church community we have here, any church, is meant to be a place where we experience the practical love and care and presence of Jesus uh, as we're sort of Jesus' hands and feet to one another. Maybe there's someone this morning who God is putting on your heart. Maybe it's not your health needs. Uh, but maybe there's someone uh, God's putting on your heart, someone who you could reach out to and help them with the struggles that they have with their health. Maybe to speak God's words of hope to them, maybe pray for them, maybe do something practical to help them. And of course, we can do these things even if we're struggling with our own health. Actually, sometimes that's the place where we can, we know what it's like and maybe we know the kind of thing that might help someone else. But perhaps we're it talks in the Bible about actually when we've been comforted by God, we are able to comfort others with the comfort that we ourselves have received from God. Most Sundays we have an opportunity to pray with someone over here with our prayer team. You don't have to come forward for prayer. But one of the reasons it's so beneficial to pray with someone, um, whether it's about health needs or it's about something else, is we can hear someone else. We have someone else praying with us helping us to receive the truths that that Jesus cares for us, that God loves us, that he's interested, that he knows about our need. If you come forward for prayer, if you don't know, someone doesn't just say, God, will you just bless so-and-so, amen, and then you go and sit down. There's more to it than that. You'll get a good prayer from someone. You'll get a prayer which communicates the love and the care of Jesus. It reassures us 
Sometimes we need to hear that sort of through someone else. Jesus loves and cares for us and he knows our struggles. So Jesus cares. But if you've read uh, the Gospels, if you've read about Jesus and what he did while he was on earth, you'll know that Jesus didn't stop at compassion and caring. We also read that Jesus restores. Jesus restores. And that bit from Matthew's Gospel I read a moment ago about those blind men, it continues to say, it says, Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes. Immediately they received their sight and followed him. And Jesus was well known for healing people. The Bible says that even people who didn't agree with Jesus, they didn't believe he was the son of God, they couldn't deny the miracles that he did. It was actually a bit of a problem for them. What do we do with these things that he's doing? Why is he attracting all these big crowds following him around because of the miracles that he's doing? They couldn't deny these miracles that Jesus did. And many of those miracles were about helping people who are sick and, and injured. Uh, and his compassion flowed over into restoring and healing people. He loved to see people restored. And uh, as Christians at King's Church, we, we often pray for people to be healed. Uh, we, we believe that Jesus often wants to heal people today. Uh, sometimes it happens in miraculous uh, out of the ordinary kind of ways. We've got stories of people you know, being prayed for, uh, going back to the doctor, and, and just being slightly mysterious. The doctor being slightly mystified, saying, well, actually, you, you don't need that treatment anymore, the operation, or that, that thing just seems to have gone. Sometimes when we pray, God uses more conventional means to heal us. But nevertheless, it's still his healing. He uses our wonderful NHS he uses the treatment and the services they provide to bring relief and healing and restoration. And uh, I just want to say, we want to thank God for everyone who works in uh, medical care and the way that God uses them. If that's something that you do, uh, be reassured, this is important work. It's not like when we pray, it sort of overrides all of that. God uses you. Um, I developed uh, asthma when I was about 10 years old. And I remember as a teenager, I started going to a church where they were praying for healing. And I remember going forward for prayer, for healing from my asthma on a number of occasions. Um, but being quite disappointed because nothing happened. Um, it was still there. Well, and, I, and I, maybe I prayed for it from time to time. Um, but a number of years later, we moved house, we moved to... Um, a new doctor's surgery, and there was this nurse there at the surgery who specialised in asthma care, asthma management, and uh, I just got some kind of advice and some information and some new medication that I just never had before, taught how to use my inhalers properly, all that kind of thing. And since it, it was a kind of turnaround, really, for me in my asthma, it was, it was like I was healed from it, I, I have the inhalers, and um, it's hardly been a problem uh, ever since. And I really want to thank God for that kind of restoration, if you like, through that more conventional means of doctors and nurses and medication. And I know many of you have got similar stories. The, the Bible says that every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down for the Father of the heavenly lights. Um, 
when we receive good things like this, we don't want to say, no, 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 that wasn't God. It's only God if someone prayed and it's all kind of spiritual. No, no, that's God too. And we want to thank Jesus for when he restores and he helps us in our health through whatever means that might be. But for others of you, I know that not being healed by whatever means it is a source of frustration. It can be a source of real heartache when we believe and trust in Jesus, um, we believe he cares, and yet we experience ongoing health problems. Perhaps we've prayed many times. Maybe we have had other people pray for us and, and nothing's happened so far. Or maybe, maybe a very small amount happened or maybe you got better and then it just went back again to how it was before. Is that a sign that Jesus doesn't care? Is that a sign that Jesus isn't with you? Well, let me read another part of the Bible that helps us with that. This is uh, part of a a letter uh, from an early Christian leader, Paul, to Corinthians. And Paul was someone who was, at the time, he was being criticised for his weakness and his suffering by people who were saying to him, look, this is a sign that God isn't really with you, that you're not really a kind of powerful church leader that you should be. Why why are you so weak and feeble in many ways? Well, this is what he says. 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 4, beginning at verse 14. He says, We know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we We are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Since what is temporary, uh, what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. The first thing Paul's talking about there is spiritual restoration. That is the most important kind of healing that God gives. And if you're a Christian, you have it. You have it already. Paul says that Jesus died and rose again. He did it to deal with the wrong that we've done and to reconnect us with God. If we trust in him, we receive the most important healing, a restored relationship with God. Those those blind uh, guys that we heard about earlier It doesn't just say that they were healed by Jesus, they received their sight. It actually says they received their sight and followed him. And it's a common thing in the Gospels to find that actually um, it's not just about someone's physical or mental healing. It's actually about them having a restored relationship with God. It's like these guys had their eyes, their, their spiritual eyes opened to see who Jesus is to believe in him, to trust him, to know that they needed him, and to begin life following him. Spiritual restoration is the most important healing we can have. So that even when our our body, our mind might have all sorts of problems, and we feel that we're wasting away as we're getting older, we feel the negative effects of aging, if we're Christians... Uh, we can know that actually whatever's happening on the outside, what's happening, happening with the, the physical bits of our body, on the inside, the, the spiritual you, 
inside, Paul says, is being renewed day by day. We're getting stronger on the inside. We're growing in knowing God better and becoming more like Jesus. The Bible says God is committed uh, to, to help us be more like Jesus, to, to grow the fruit of the Spirit, the characteristics of the Spirit in us day by day as we follow Jesus. It's, it's his aim is to, to conform us to the image of his Son, to make us like Jesus. And one day we will be completely like him. When we struggle with health problems, I suppose it's easy for actually the opposite to be true. We kind of can get into this sort of grumpy old man, grumpy old woman kind of thing, which I know it's a bit of a sort of joke in our culture, but I'm I'm sure that some of it does stem from the kind of frustrations of aging um, and limitations and, and, and difficulties in life, just affecting people's outlook on life, affecting their character, affecting the way they see things, the way they react to people. But God has a better way. He says, whatever struggles you face with your health, he wants to say, don't lose heart. Don't lose heart. Don't descend into grumpiness or frustration, whatever age you are. He says, I am with you always. Nothing can separate you from the love of Christ. Your body and your mind might be on the way down, but I am at work in your inner being. Spiritually, you are on the up. Fix your eyes on me. Spiritual restoration. We can know that. We can know that for all of us as we put our trust in Jesus, whatever else is going on in our body and our mind and our life. But God promises more than that uh, to everyone who trusts in Jesus, more than just restoring us spiritually now. He promises in the future full physical and mental restoration. Full physical and mental restoration. Paul talks about uh, God not just raising Jesus from the dead, but one day raising us from the dead. He says, we know that the one who raised Jesus, the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself. Talking about the time when Jesus will return, wrap up this current phase of history Uh, And those who belong to him will be raised up to a new existence with a brand new or renewed mind and body. And and as Christians, we often call that the resurrection. It's a time in the future. And basically all it is, is us catching up with Jesus. Catching up with where Jesus has already gone before us. When he rose from the dead, he had a glorious new body. And he now lives forever in heaven, um, it's, it's not a body like ours. It's not like a body like he had before. It's not a body that, that, that ages and, and dies. Um, he's kind of got like, it's like human body version two. There won't be a version three. There's just sort of version one and version two. He's got version two. And if we're Christians, Jesus has got one of those bodies lined up for us as well. That's why Paul can say, verse 17, Our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. You might be experiencing pain every day. You might be experiencing anguish in your minds every day. You wonder how long it's going to go on for. 
But God says it's temporary. It's momentary. It won't go on forever. That's good news, isn't it? We have an everlasting future with God to look forward to beyond this life. With a new body that feels completely different. And we will look back and realize just how short this period of life was as we are in eternity with him. So that's why he says, he says, so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Someone I um, met who very much had her eyes fixed on uh, her future in God's was a lady that I knew um, in Hastings when I was a church minister in Hastings and uh, used to visit a nursing home to see the residents. There was one lady, she couldn't come down for the little service we used to have downstairs. We used to have to go and see her in her room. She was over 100 years old. Uh, I'd never seen the card that the Queen sends you uh, before then, but it was there on the side uh, uh, in her room. And... uh, she was confined to her bedroom. She was blind. And as far as I could tell, that she stayed in her room the whole time on her own, pretty much. And when I went to see her, she was just sitting in a chair. Meals would be brought to her. And it did look very sad, to be honest, to sort of her, her, her life. And, and I would go and um, read the Bible with her and pray with her. And we'd share some bread and wine to remember Jesus died for us. And the thing was, so remember this, her her face would light, her eyes wouldn't light up, but her face would light up as we talked about Jesus, what Jesus has done for us, um, uh, his forgiveness, his new life, the future that Jesus has for us. And, And she would, she would start to reel off all of these bits from the Bible that she had remembered. Um, and I guess, uh, yeah, and, and she, one of the things she would say to me, it's from 1 John, she would say to me, and we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And, and this lady was full of confidence and hope in Jesus. Her, her present condition, her present health uh, wasn't that great. Uh, not much to be positive about. But I was amazed to see, you know, probably more so than I've seen in many other Christians, just the sort of the hope and the confidence. And she just couldn't wait to see, uh, to get, take hold of what Jesus had lined up for her in the future and this transformation that she was going to experience. Um, I've also asked Sarah um, to come and just share a little bit of her story. Do you want to come up, Sarah? And uh, just someone that many of you know, um, just to tell us uh, briefly about a little bit about her situation and the difference that Jesus, knowing Jesus with you makes. Thanks, Sarah. Thank you, El. Is that about right? Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Right. Hi, all. For those of you that don't know me, I'm Sarah, and I've been coming to King's Church since 2009. Well, I've suffered for a really long time with ill health, really long. Back in 2009, I felt like I was just being robbed of a life. I had no life. 
um, I was just existing, which is not enough. It really isn't. I know this is quite a list, but it's all relevant. I was struggling with so many things, depression, anxiety, agoraphobia, social phobia, OCD, fibromyalgia in its early stages, ME. But the biggest factor running through all these is fear. It's fear. All of these conditions are fed by fear. Um, and fear is the hardest part because it's in everything. And to live your life in fear is not living at all. My contact with the outside world was getting smaller and I was struggling with the very basic tasks, just making it through each day. I decided I was going to try something different. Something had to change. I couldn't live like this anymore. I was wasting my life away. Then a little card came through my door, all about King's Church. And there was a picture of people singing and their arms raised in celebration. So I pinned it to the fridge and it kept catching my eye. And I knew the bare basics about Jesus and even less about God. Excuse me. So, with nothing to lose, I tried it out. To say I was frightened is an understatement. But slowly, over time, getting to know more about Jesus and our Heavenly Father, I started to heal. Things started to change. My life started to change. And I was making better choices. I definitely don't live in fear anymore. And for those of you who know me well, I sure can bunny. It's like I've got years of talking to make up for. Yeah, I love it. I love a good, yeah, chat. Yeah. Well, I'm still living with fibromyalgia and ME. But, you know, it's okay. I am content. It's all right. I, you know, the best choice I ever made was choosing to follow Jesus. Choosing to trust in Jesus. Giving God the control over my life. And boy, what a relief that I'm not doing it on my own anymore. I wish I'd given him the keys years ago. You know, I messed up about 25 of them. Yeah. I no longer feel um, like I'm being robbed of a life. I still have health restrictions in my life. But, you know, I have the greatest helper with me, and that is Jesus. Becoming a Christian, following Jesus... To be counted as a child of God, the awesome, almighty provider for all, whose creation is all around us to marvel at. That is enough to sustain me, healing or no healing. I I can carry on. I don't mind. Back in 2009, if you told me that I would become one of those people pictured on the card, with their hands in the air, singing, I would have said, you are crazy. There's no way. But here I am, blessed in so many ways, singing my heart out, and yeah, with my hands raised in the air, (laughs) uh, praising the one who saved me in so many ways, and that is Jesus. And I have everything to thank him for. And yeah, through illness, through my weakness, he made me strong. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Sarah.
thank you so much, Sarah. Um, it's great to hear a real-life example, but I know there'll be others here who'd have similar kind of things to say. Just the importance of knowing Jesus is with you uh, through your health difficulties. Just wanted to finish uh, with a last a little, little bit from Psalm 23. Many of you know Psalm 23, poem in the Bible. And, uh, and in the middle of Psalm 23, it says these words, um, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Jesus is the good shepherd. He's with us through the darkest times, the darkest valleys, if we've trusted in him as our, as our God and our shepherds, whether it's health problems, it's pain, depression, grief, fear, he's there to comfort us and strengthen us. And the psalm ends by saying, surely your goodness and your love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. However things might appear to us, God's goodness and his love are with us every day and we can look forward to a wonderful future, the peace of being with him forever one day to be free from all the troubles of this life and, and of our body and our mind in its present state, enjoying his presence with his people forever. If you're not a Christian here this morning, um, I probably can't really do more than encourage you in the way that Sarah did, just to, to do what, what Sarah did uh, and reach out to Jesus as uh, your shepherd, to lead and guide your life, to forgive you from the wrong that you've done. He's done everything necessary through his death and resurrection to put you right with God, to forgive you everything you've done wrong, to, to deal with all those times when you've pushed God out of your life or ignored him altogether. We just need to say, God, I'm sorry for the wrong things I've done. Jesus, please uh, forgive me. Thank you for your death for me on the cross. Please come into my life. Please help me. I want to live life with you at the center in a new way. Uh, it's a great thing you can even do that this morning, just in your own words, in your own thoughts, even praying with someone later. Or you can continue to explore the Christian faith by coming on a Sunday or coming to our Explore course. But yeah, I think Sarah is a great example of someone who, who did just that and found that Jesus really met her and uh, gave her new life. If you are a Christian, uh, particularly if you've got health problems or concerns, can I encourage you, strengthen yourself in God this morning. Strengthen yourself. Take to, take to heart God's promises. Some of the things we've mentioned this morning, there are many more in the Bible. Take to heart God's promises. Be reassured of God's love and his care for you. Thank him for the most important healing that he has given you through a restored relationship with him and, and take hold of that hope for the future. One day you will be with him forever. Um, but, but just to be able to rest in actually God's present presence with you and his help for you. And for all of us um, as a church, whether health is on your mind or not, what, what can we do? What can we do better to help people who struggle with their health? In the church, what can you do practically for someone that you know uh, with a body of Christ, with the hands and feet of Jesus? How can we help people to know 
Jesus' presence with them. Be reassured of that. Let's think about how we can reach out to others as well. I thought maybe we could just finish by uh, reading, uh, saying together the words of Psalm 23. Uh, Come up on the screen. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Yes, Father God, we do thank you uh, that Jesus uh, is uh, our shepherd. Jesus is with us if we've put our trust in him. Thank you that we can know you with us through the good times and even the really dark times. Thank you, Lord, that through you we can know your goodness and your love every day in our lives. And I do want to pray, Lord God, for everyone here this morning who, through any kind of health issue, is a concern for them. I just pray, Lord God, for your help for them, for your healing for them, for your comfort for them. I pray that they might know the presence of Jesus with them through uh, the difficult times. And I just thank you, Lord God, for uh, just that you are there for us and your great love for us. Amen.